The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. The 2-2. Swing and a miss. He struck it out as Stanton goes down. And that's eight strikeouts for Shane McClanahan. Coming up, we'll recap the action from this past week, take a look around Major League Baseball, and sit down for in-depth interviews with the biggest names in the game. First pitch to him. Line back up the middle, but there is Franco to the left of the bag. He turns and throws him out, and the Rays have won it in Atlanta. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Welcome to our latest show. Today, you're going to hear from David Peralta about his first month with the Rays. We'll have one-on-ones with Tyler Glasnow and Eric Neander on the Glasnow extension. We'll also introduce you to pitching prospect Michael Mercado and chat with Rays hitting coach Chad Matola and bullpen coach Stan Borowski. We continue on This Week in Rays Baseball. Our feature guest this week is David Peralta. And, David, welcome. How comfortable have you felt here in your first month with the Rays? Uh, thank you for having me, by the way. It's been good. It's been a fun month, and it's just uh, excited to be here with this great organization. And and I'm glad that that I'm part of this organization and, 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 and being hanging out with uh, with a group of guys that we have in the clubhouse, the coaching staff. It's been so great. They've been treating me really well. And especially when we uh, winning a lot of games, it's always fun, you know, when you win. And that's what it's all about. We've always heard from others when they come here about how good the environment is for new players to get adjusted. How have you felt about that yourself? Well, you know, like when I got the news that I was going to get traded, for me it was a hard, uh, hard news because I have been with the Diamondback for a long time. So, my, you know, you get a lot of questions and you have like, hey, how is that going to be? How is it going to be the environment over there? How is it going to be the, my new teammates that I'm going to fit right away? That was, I was a really concerned, not concerned, like, you know, question that you was going to, you was half. But as soon as I got here to the clubhouse, those guys here, like, they make that so easy for me. For, since first days, they were welcoming me. They were making me feel like a family right away. And it's a stuff that I really appreciated. So... That helped me. That, that that helped me to be myself, and be the guy that I am. Like like being like energy, a little bit crazy, we'll have fun and everything. And at the same time, like work and be disciplined. And that's what I have been doing. You have such a reputation for being a really good teammate. Yeah. So tell me who you learned from, because everyone has good examples of who was a good teammate when you were with Arizona. Well, when I got called up to Arizona, the first guy who took me on the hand swing was Martin Prado. Martin Prado started. He talking, he he, and he's still talking to me like, well, he's the guy that I was looking up to him because the first day he grabbed me and started talking to me, and then he took me and said, hey, I'm gonna. I was by myself when I got called to the big league. He took me, he took me to a nice dinner and everything. He got me a lot of stuff. Like they, he made my day. It was a special because I got called to the league to the big league, but the all the stuff that he did extra for me and all this talk and like teach me how to do the right thing that he made it like really special for me so tell me how you've done now for others because i've heard about your reputation about being a good guy i'll, I'll always do my best to help everyone you know to help everyone to to give it my best i don't like to to overwhelm everyone like trying to do too much like you know i just you know just it's hard to say because um I'm always trying to be myself, and when I get this new guys, or, or, or now that I'm here in this team, there's a lot of young guys. I always just, they always come and ask me stuff, and I would just, hey, I'm just be myself. I'm trying to be like super smart and trying to be someone, someone that I'm not. And, and I think that's the best part of it, like that I'm just, you know, simple, and this is how it is, and I'm just helping as much as I can. 
But they can learn a lot from you. Your story is an awesome one. Not all our fans know it. So let's go back. You were signed by the Cardinals. You have a couple surgeries, and then you're released, right? Yeah. So then what happens, and what leads you to go from pitcher to hitter? Because most people go the other way. Yeah. They go hitter to pitcher. Well, I'm, um, I went back to Venezuela when I got released with the Cardinals as pitcher, so I made my decision with my dad and my family. Like, hey, I mean, my shoulder was hurting too much, and I'm like, okay, we can try something else. Uh, I know how to hit. Like, hey, I know it used to be like when I was – when I was later, I know how to have and do all the stuff, and I was used to be good. I'm like, hey, let's give it a try. I was still young, and we did it. You know, I'll give it a try, and then I moved back to um, to United States, and I started playing in an independent ball. So I played my first full season in 2011 in White Wings, and that was kind of like my big test and see if, okay, I can make it or no, and I can be if I can be good enough. And, and I had a pretty good year that year. So that's how everything started. But there's more than that. I mean, you're sleeping on an air mattress. You're working at McDonald's before that to make enough money to play. I mean, that's not what most people would have done. Well, well, I'm just telling you right now the story that the, the nice and good part. You know, if you start, if you start going down in details, and what I went through, there's a lot of hard stuff and a lot of hard story and that that, that I went through. But I think there's it's part of it that helped me to grow as a man. They grow me, helped me to grow up as a, as a father, as a family guy, as a ball player, all that I went through. And, and I, didn't, I'm, I didn't take anything for granted. So that's why I, I'm here right now because I was really disciplined and a hard worker and, and I was, had a goal in my head to be a big leaguer and that's, that's, what, I, that's what I did. What does the name Eddie Dennis then mean to you and relate to our fans what he did and who he was? Eddie Dennis, he, he was the guy, <laughs> let me tell you a short, funny story with him. Like, I was, I was called, talking to him, and I'm like, hey, he, I know he was the manager of the team that I was, that I was supposed to play, or that I played in, in an independent ball. But before that, I was calling him, like, hey, I want to sign, I want to play. And he was like, I don't know who you are. You don't even have number as a hitter, as a position player, and, 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 and anywhere. And I'm like, I know, just give me the opportunity. And he was telling me, he was really honest, like, hey, I can do that without seeing you. You know, I can do that. And then he called me in the middle of nowhere. It was, I remember it was a Saturday. And he told me, like, hey, I'm here in Cocoa Beach. I live in Person Lucy. It's like an hour from, from Person Lucy. And it's showcase. If you want to come, I can come and see you. I'm like, he just told me, like, okay, I'll be there. I rent a car really I didn't have a car. I rent a car really quick. I dropped that day. In the middle of the row, he called me, hey, the BP is about to start. And I still have like 45 minutes left to get there. And I'm like, I'm on my way. I'll be there as soon as possible. So I was just driving like as fast as I can, wishing like, oh, please uh, don't get pulled over. You're overspeeding. But at that moment, I was just like concentrating to get there. I got there. It was like in the middle of the BP. I got out of the car, changed really quick, put some chores on and everything. I don't think I stretched myself. And I jumped right away to hit BP. He was throwing BP. And I started swinging, bam, 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 hitting balls everywhere, out of the park. And he told me, like, wow, I like your swing. After a practice, and he told me, like, you're going to play for me. I like your swing. Are you ready to play right now? Because they were doing, like, showcase games and everything. And I'm like, of course. Okay, jump in this game and play. I did good, put a couple line drives and everything. And that's how he gave me the contract to play with him for, like, 
1200 he was like you're gonna make 1200 that's all i got 1200 a month and i'm like i don't care that's fine that's all all i need is opportunity and that's how everything started i think he's the guy who and i don't think he's the guy who gave me the opportunity the chance to prove that i can hit too and the scout who found you with the diamondbacks there's a story there too yeah uh, chris carmenucci yeah he's he's the man he was the scout i think he still it is the scout of like you know independent for the diamondback so he called me uh, i came back from winter bowl 2012 13 something and he called me like hey David, this is Chris Carminucci from the Diamondbacks. We would love to have you here in Arizona for a tryout and everything. I was so excited. Call him back. Hey, yeah. Yeah, I'm in. I'm, I'm, I wanted to do it. So how's that going to go? Well, you have to fly here and everything. I'm like, okay, but are you guys going to pay for my flight? Because I have no money to, like, you know, I'm, I'm in Florida. Paid a flight to go to Arizona. Like, it's, it's I can't afford that. Well, we don't do that, David. I'm like, come on, man. Like, let me see what I can do, but we really want to see you because I've been playing for like two years in the row in the independent ball and I was putting really good numbers. Call me the next day. I'm like, David, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to fly to Florida. And I'm like, wow. So they're really, he's really interesting. And I was really excited. So he, he called me like, hey, I'm going to be in St. Pete. And I'm like, can you can you make it over here? I'm like, of course, it's three hours drive. I'll drive. I'll find a way how to get there. So I got here, and we went to a cage. We just start. He started flipping me, throwing me BP. I was like hitting really well, and he was like, "That's it." I'm like, "What do you mean that's it? We're not going to the field. You're not going to show. Up. You're not going to. You don't want to see me like throwing to the base. You know, like normal tryout." No, that's all I need to do. That's all I need uh, to finish my report, and that's it. I'm like. This is my business card and everything. This is my number. Call me anytime. We're going to keep in touch. My boss is going to call you and everything. I'm like, okay. But he made a big mistake to tell me to call him every time or whatever I need. Hey, I was texting him, calling him every single day. I'm ready. I'm ready. Give me the opportunity. Everything, everything. And he was like, hey, I told him, just, I pay my flight to go to Arizona to spin training. I'll do whatever again. He was like, that's not how it works. But. You know, you're the number one on the list. If something happens, you're in. And, and that's how everything started with him. What were your best moments with the Diamondbacks, personally and team-wise? Uh, but uh, there's a lot of good moments, man. There's a lot of... I had a really good times in Arizona. And I'm always, like, I'm always going to be thankful to the, the Arizona organization because they took me and my family as their family and they gave it to me everything they could and and and, and i can be so thankful can be thinking enough to with them and but of course best moments when i make my mlb debut and i have my first hit that was the best part that was the best part of my career the best moment over there because that was the start of my journey over there and your wife, Jordan, is a former softball player. Mm-hmm. So what has she meant, and how much does it help that she's a former athlete to be able to relate to all your experiences? I think it means everything because she knows what it takes to get, especially in baseball, to get where you want to be. You had to sacrifice a lot. you got to be disciplined and everything. And she's really disciplined of what she does. And, and she understands that she was supporting me 100% all the time because I was away from home a lot. And it's not easy, you know, for like, for a couple to be separated so much. But at the same time, she was really support, and like, okay, I'm gonna be with you all the time. Like, you know, I'm gonna support it until the end, and 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 that's all I asked her. I was asking her just give me support, just 
for me because I'm going to make it. And she believed me and I believed in her. And, and when I made it to the big league, I told her, like, we did it. it because it wasn't just me. It was like the help from my family, the help from her. They would make this happen. Your passion's so obvious, and I know your focus is now. But the WBC is coming back. What would it mean to you? And do you want to play for Team Venezuela? <laughs> of course, of course. I got Venezuela here. I got, I'm proud of my. I think that's a, this is a dream, like for me, play, prove, uh, represent my country, prove the jersey of Venezuela, and represent my country. That's a dream for me, and I, and I can't wait. So I'm ready to play. I want to play, and I'm gonna keep doing my best. I'm gonna keep playing the game that I know that I can play, so I can I can make that roster. And for this group this year, obviously your focus is now. You've been to the playoffs before. What would it mean to go back? Oh, to go back in the postseason. Yeah. Oh. It means a lot. That's what we're working for. That's what I work in the off season. And that's what I work really hard in the off season to be in the playoff and to play in the World Series. So get, have, knowing that we have a really good chance to do it, I'm really excited about it. I only been in the playoff in 2017, and that was for a little bit. I, I have a little bit of taste, but I want to go all the way and get a trophy. You think this group is capable? You've seen other teams in your division. You played in the division, same division as the Dodgers and the Giants. So. Of course this group is capable, and, 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 and we're going to do it. We believe in each other, and, we, and, and that's what we're going to do this year. Well, we're looking forward to you being a big part of it. We appreciate some time. Welcome to Race Baseball, and thanks for being with us on this week in Race Baseball. All right, thank you for having me. Thank you. That's David Peralta, and we'll continue in just a moment. You're listening to the Race Baseball Network. Welcome back to This Week in Race Baseball. I'm Neil Solons. The big news this week was Tyler Glass now signing an extension Friday to remain with the Rays through 2024. Tyler now joins us to discuss it. Tyler, congratulations. Appreciate it, dude. Thank you. Tell me when all this started and what it means to sign an extension with the Rays through 2024. Uh, yeah, I think we had been discussing it since 2019 and we never could come up with an agreement and it's always been something that I wanted really bad. And I just, I love it in the organization, all the people, everything. It's just like the best case scenario for me. Yeah. I'm just glad we got to end up figuring it out the last couple of days. And I'm just excited to be here a bit longer. So. I think obviously the fan base is excited. The franchise is excited too, to have you back. When did talks really pick up again? Because you mentioned it started in 19, you're going through Tommy John rehab. That's a lot going on. When did you kind of pick up the extension talks again? We'd been talking about it back and forth for, it was kind of on and off. And then like this year there, I think spring and a little bit in season, it really had been like a back and forth. There was never like a, a time we started and stopped. It was kind of just ongoing for that many years. I, when I was playing, obviously I, th I think we stopped talking about it. Like when I was healthy and in season and stuff, but yeah, it's been ongoing for a long time. So I'm just, like I said, just happy it's over. We got a deal and, I get to kind of put my head down and focus on what's in front of me the next couple of years. Was that a big part of this? Just the lack of now you can just focus on baseball? Yeah, I think, I mean, I, everything had to kind of line up. I think like finding the the value, you know, and, and like just knowing this is like a place that I want to be. And if, as far as like trying to be the best pitcher I can possibly be on like the best team I can be on, it's, this is the perfect scenario for me. I think development wise and, the relationships I have with all the coaches and the front office and just like my ability to learn and have access to all this information is like something I really cherish here. And I know that's not really the case for a lot of different places. So uh, yeah, I, I think that was a big thing like this. I wanted to be here not only for the development stuff, but just for the overall like work atmosphere, you know? I, I think a lot of that begins with 
you and Kyle Snyder, the race pitching coach, explain the rapport that the two of you have and what it means to you. Yeah, I mean, I, we, we kind of hit it off when we first met. We're very similar in, in like him, just his stature and height and kind of the way he can move and his just knowledge of baseball overall, like the new way of implementing information and him being a player for so long, like he's got all kind of facets of like the feeling of baseball, knowing it firsthand and also being able to interpret it, like interpret the data, how it is now. But yeah, I think that he's a huge reason that I wanted to stay here. Like I said, just like for me to become the best pitcher I can possibly be, this is the best place for me. And Kyle's a huge reason for it. So other than mom and dad, where did Kyle fit in terms of people you talk to? Hey, we got a deal done. <laughs> We've been taught. I mean, I think there was always stuff like internally. They've kind of been discussing it. And like, I think like Cash and them were aware. And Kyle and we have talked about it a little bit. And he's someone I obviously want. This is a big decision for me, like running stuff by him. And kind of just want to know like, like his position and like you know like I will hopefully like he's here and everything like that and like knowing his position with the Rays and like that was a big part of it and we're just having those conversations and yeah it just feels good to to be able to run stuff by someone you trust and he was that guy for sure and there's also the fact that look the the entire pitching staff has been really really good for many years but the chance of you and Shane fronting a rotation together would be pretty incredible how much of that figured into your thought a lot I mean I think that's the thing I think looking at the depth that we have in the future and like even now like this year we're getting guys back who are healthy and then like the next two years we have a bunch of different guys coming back and like from Shane and Raz and and like Yarbs and I mean Springs and like the starting staff is amazing and I do think like as far as playoffs go and like hopefully this year next year and like the collective experience from our group like knowing I'll be here for a, a couple more years like I know all that will you can kind of put all that together to create this like just really good team of like a lot of postseason experience. And I think for me, like this is the best place to be not only for myself, but just talent wise, like it's just the future looks so bright. And I know from the jump, like I, I've always wanted it to be here and I just wanted to find a way to stay longer and we figured it out. So yeah, we talk about, you know, you being in a good place and how much you enjoy this place. And I know from your podcast with uh, Chris Rose that you're in a good place, like off the field too, with a girlfriend and everything. How much does that, I mean, peace of mind with everything and being in a good place, like on and off the field mean to you? I think it's, I mean, it's everything. I think that's what everyone searches for, you know, like, like peace of mind in their personal and work life. Like it's just nice that I get to be able to, to get that and have some security for the next few years and, yeah, it's just a, it's a place that I love being not only like the city and the people and, uh, but like my, my work atmosphere and like the environment I get to come to every day. And I'm like fortunate enough to wake up every day and like really enjoy what I do and go to work. And yeah, it means everything. I know how much you want to be back before the year is done, but let's make it clear to the audience. This is kind of independent and separate of whether you're back in 2022 or not. Correct. Yeah. It has no, no bearing on that. I think we, we've, we talked about that as well. And it's not, it's something like I don't want to even now, I mean, signing an extension, it would even be more like you don't want to jeopardize the future for like a short term, like immediate kind of a gain, but it's another one of those things where I have to throw to hitters and throw in games. And depending on how I feel, if I feel good, I'll come back. And if I don't feel comfortable and I won't, but it's not something I can even like put my head around right now. But that said, you had a pretty good week. I mean, you did throw to hitters, you signed an extension and you are, you look good. So I, I don't know how good you felt two days after throwing, but you certainly look like you did before. I, felt re I feel really good. I think I, I've been used to throwing so many innings on like a, on like a failing ligament to where like it's, it's, I feel good compared to, you know, like it was, it was pretty, 
up and down, I guess the last from like 19 on just cause it was, I was having so many issues with it and just knowing that like the thing is brand new in there is like very nice, you know, it's just like the peace of mind and it's still early on and there's still a lot of recovery to go on, but just the overall feeling and like structure of my arm feels so good to where it's everything is just very much like, I don't know. I'm just excited for the future. I think all race fans are too. Tyler, we're happy to have you and we congratulate you on the extension through 2024. Appreciate it, dude. Can't wait to see you around the clubhouse for a couple more years. <laughs> and that's Tyler Glass now in his extension that runs through the end of 2024. President of Baseball Operations, Eric Neander, now joins us. And Eric, we've heard from Tyler on a personal level and for the organization. What did this signing mean to the race? Undeniably, he's a, he's a very good pitcher. And he's coming up to a point in his career, you know, with free agency where he has a lot of say in his next destinations and where he wants to be and to have someone that talented want to be here you know is a, i'd like to think a, a it's a it's a big compliment to the many people that put their time and energy into making this place what it is um players and staff alike and so you know i think to have like i said to have someone that good want to be here typically the reasons for that are things that uh, that we strive for and, and it starts with the competitiveness of our group and what he sees ahead uh and you know just his his belief in the people that are here to help kind of continue to build upon where where we are and where we've been here recently does it speak more to the success of the team and the potential success going forward or does it speak more to the culture that's been created while doing that i think it's got to be some of both i think a great culture without winning many games is nice but <laughs> so we're, we're not we're not doing this for the great culture we're doing it to try to win some games but not just win games right like those things kind of go hand in hand I think and I don't know how much to weight each of those things but I think they're they're circular I think they help one another can help one another can influence one another ideally help uh, or harm but yeah no this is this is something where I think for us it's just there's this mutual belief that we see in him that his best is yet to come and I greatly appreciate and we greatly appreciate and respect that um he sees it the same way that that our best as a team as a unit is is still to come how important is his signing to the raise in 23 and 24 and the success of the group yeah, it, it, it alleviates some of the uncertainty that that has been around this situation since he went down last summer you know there's there's a little more clarity on on what's ahead it's it's obviously it's not a forever deal we're we're extending it by one year but um you know even even that it provides him with some security and, and finality to the the short term here it does the same for us and you know when when you're trying to win when you're trying to get a find a way to get over the hump and win a world series it takes players of his caliber and it's it's really nice to to be able to have a chance to keep one around a little longer than we otherwise would have you have had some really good rotations over the years, but to potentially have a rotation with Tyler and Shane at the front of it, Shane McClanahan, that is, what does that mean? Yeah, it, it's Shane's been the Cy Young running this season and Tyler was in it last year until he got hurt. And, you know, Tyler, the, the injury in 2019 and then obviously the, the injury last year and ultimately the need for Tommy John, I think there was, a sense that the ligament had been failing for some time and he was pitching with that and and to see what he was able to accomplish through 21 before he went down you know to, to dare to dream what a healthy version of him could be and uh it's exciting it's exciting to 
you know, have two players in each of the last two years that pitched at a Cy Young level paired together to, to front a group that, um, you know, the, <laughs> the group behind them is, is certainly awfully talented themselves and, uh, you never know what, what's ahead for them. So it's, you know, in, in our situation, it's, we do our best to, to be sustainable, you know, to sustain success and to be competitive as many years as possible. And it's fun to accumulate talent, but it's a little bit harder to always sync it up. And these are premium high end starting pitchers and, you know, the chance to, to have the opportunity to think about what that could be like, um, knowing they're going to be here is a lot of fun right now. And we still got a lot of business in front of us for this year, but uh, it, it certainly makes the next couple of years a little more exciting as well. You don't usually spend a lot of your time in free agency in the off seasons, but does this place become a little bit more attractive or that yeah, much I more? I mean, it's, I think, yeah. And it's one of those, this is a player we know. And, and that was a big part of, I think, why we were willing to go to this level on that annual salary for 2024 is because of that, that you're not really afforded that same opportunity, you know, if you didn't know the player the same way, but uh, yeah, I, I think, ideally when we have really good players here we don't take them for granted we you know we, we we look to whoever's out there assuming they're better um i think it's you know kind of a situation like this you appreciate what you have in front of you and you try to to keep it but um you know i also think that having players like glass uh around certainly enhances your credibility and seeing him make a statement where he wants to be here and is willing to do that in this kind of deal should speak volumes to other players about what we have going on here and to the extent that there's others out there in time that you know we want to bring in here and pursue i hope it helps if we have you know if we have a little money left over <laughs> on that end could you speak to ownership's commitment and what that means to you here too yeah sure absolutely as i, I did in the zoom i want to make sure that that on behalf of the whole baseball operations group and staff that thanks to this is yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a sizable sum, you know, for, for 2024. And I think it's a, you know, it's a recognition of where we are competitively and it's a recognition of what Tyler has mean and we expect him to mean um, to our competitiveness and our group moving forward. And, you know, it is something, this is a range for a pitcher. We've, we haven't gone here. We haven't guaranteed a number like this um, on a single season, you know, at any point. And, and so certainly really appreciative of his support and his trust that we can, we can do this and it doesn't uh, restrict the competitiveness of our team around Tyler as we, as we plan for 2024. And on that end, it speaks to that kind of level that you've gone to with a pitcher about Tyler's talent, but about more than that, the whole person, what don't we know about Tyler that we see in person that you and the group see? Uh, I mean, I think it's, it's, Probably it's, a, you know, there, there's some, you know, benefits to, there's some things genetically about him that, uh, that you and I do not have, Neil. Um, and that's, and that's pretty visible, I think, but beyond, beyond that, there's, there's a work ethic. There's, there's a body awareness. There's this just burning desire to get better, you know, and this curiosity and interest to get better that, you know, look, he, he's a player, I'm a staff member, but there's that, that underlying curiosity and interest and kind of obsession with, with getting better and being open-minded to any which way that allows you to do that. Um, there's a lot of alignment, you know, in the way that he pursues his profession and his job and the way that, that, that we do. And that makes a lot of this a lot more enjoyable when you have that kind of harmony as you go along. But, um, you know, the work ethic, the way he takes care of himself, the quality of the teammate, all of those boxes 
you know, need to be checked. This is somebody that you're around every day from February to hopefully the end of October. You better, you better enjoy the people you're with. And ideally they're good examples for, for the other more impressionable players or staff members in your group. And he is every bit the kind of person you want uh, to represent this organization, all those ways, visibly and behind the scenes. Eric, great stuff. Congratulations on uh, getting the deal done with Tyler. Thank you, Neil. And that's Rays president of baseball operations, Eric Neander, on the Tyler Glass Now extension, which again runs through the end of 2024. Now coming up, we'll hear from pitching prospect Michael Mercado, who's with AA Montgomery, plus conversations with the Rays hitting coach Chad Matola and bullpen coach Stan Borowski. You're listening to This Week in Rays Baseball, and this is the Rays Baseball Network. Welcome back to This Week in Rays Baseball. I'm Neil Solons. Now time to turn our attention to the minor leagues. And joining us, the AA pitcher, who is the reigning Southern League Pitcher of the Week, that is Michael Mercado. Michael, congratulations. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. First of all, tell me what it meant to win an honor like that. I think it just kind of shows uh, my progress. And, uh, you know, it hasn't been the easiest road for me, in, in my opinion. But, you know, there's we play against so many really good you know hitters and pitchers and you know to have a week like that uh it really really means a lot to to me and then you know of course you know those who have helped me get to where i am and and let's hit on some of that journey you were drafted in 17 uh you came out of high school you were a guy who had committed to stanford and you were injured what in 19 and then 20 was the COVID season how challenging were those couple of years and how do you feel you've kind of come out of it i think um you know, a lot of people nowadays have had to go through that. So, you know, it's it's easy to talk to some of the other guys that I'm around and kind of relate our stories and stuff like that. But, yeah, that was a time where I tried to use it for, you know, a lot of growth, getting stronger and getting getting older. And then, you know, the COVID year really threw a wrench in all that. But um, I kind of look at it as sort of a blessing in disguise. It almost gave me a little bit more time to, you know, come back before finally getting back into action in 2021. So I think I think that time period, I, I tried to use it, you know, the best that I could. Was 2021 for you then more a year where, hey, I just want to get through the season healthy and that was the step and now here you're starting to kind of make some really good strides as you move to AA for the first time? Uh, yeah, I think last year uh, it was a lot about, you know, staying healthy and I was really happy to get through that whole season healthy and not having any sort of setbacks, even though statistically, I didn't think it was a very good year. I think at the end of it, that's kind of what I took it as. And then, you know, building off of this year, continuing that. So what have you been most pleased with, Michael, this year? I know you've surpassed your innings from a season ago, and you're doing it at a higher level in double A. Yeah, I think this year, just like you said, you know, continuing off of last year with staying healthy and continuing on that path of adjusting and adapting because I think even since the beginning of this year, I think I'm a much different pitcher in terms of, you know, there were certain things that I felt like weren't working at times to where, you know, I've worked with my pitching coach here and the pitching coordinators with the Rays to kind of either come up with a new pitch. Like for example, I've been throwing a cutter instead of a slider for the past month and a half or two. And it's, it's really worked and it's allowed me to make some of my other pitches better. So I think stuff like that is really going to be key moving forward. Just, you know, making sure I, you know, am able to adjust in a sense. 
Let's get into that in terms of your pitch mix and the types of pitches you throw. I also had heard that your velocity has ticked up a fair amount as the season has gone on too, yes? Yeah, I think, you know, right now averaging in the, you know, in the 93, 93.5, 93.6 range. So, yeah, mids, uh, you know, low to mid 90s and getting it up to 95, 96. I know last week when I threw, I was still able to, you know, hit 95 in the sixth inning, which is um, – which was really cool to see. So stuff like that is always nice to see, you know, especially this late in the season when I've already thrown, you know, around 80 innings. And then pitch-wise, beyond the, the fastball cutter, what else are you throwing? And how do the labs and the and the analytical work that the Rays do help you develop your pitches? Yeah, I think, you know, the track man data that we get is super helpful after each start because then it just, you know, I can see something on paper. Like if my numbers on my fastball weren't as good, take that into the next bullpen to work on that. And then I'm throwing a curveball and a changeup right now. Um, the changeup being more useful than the curveball right now. The curveball is something that I'm continuing to kind of adjust and work on. But right now, fastball cutter changeup is kind of what I've been working primarily on this year. And, you know, a start like last week when I had all three working, I think, I think that's can be the expectation in a sense. Who's been you, – you mentioned pitching coaches. Who's been really helpful in, in a, uh, helping you evolve, Michael, as a pitcher? My pitching coach this year, Jim Paddock, he's been around a lot, and he's seen me throw. He was my pitching coach last year in Bowling Green, and I had him when I was in rookie ball. You know, having that continuity with him, and, you know, he knows me, is helpful. Obviously, Rolando Garza and Jorge Moncada, the pitching coordinators with the Rays, are always um, very helpful when they come into town. And then as far as someone outside of the race, I have a really good relationship with my uh, pitching coach uh, from high school, who I still obviously, when I go home in the off season, he's who I work with. His name's Patrick Edwards. And, you know, I try to keep in contact with him about once a week. And, you know, he, he watches all my starts. And so I've been working with him since I was, you know, 11, 12 years old. So he's seen me kind of grow up through all these different levels. And, you know, he's always someone that I know I can count on when I go back home. Physically, how much have you changed, Michael, since that time? What were you coming out of high school, and, and where are you now in terms of height, weight, those types of things? Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's, uh, it's, it's night and day. You know, I was, I don't think I've really grown a whole lot. I'm still around 6'5", uh, maybe 6'6", six, six in, in baseball shoes, in baseball cleats. But, gosh, I've probably put on a good 50 pounds since then. I was... 165 pounds soaking wet coming out of high school and uh you know now i'm hovering around 205 which is a good playing weight for me i think that was something that i worked on a ton when all i had to do was focus on baseball and especially the off season my first off season i came back i gained probably 15 or 20 pounds but coming back to the surgery i think i used that time to really do a lot in the weight room and get stronger you know, not just gaining the weight, but also putting on the muscle. And then earlier this year, were you doing tandem starts? And now does it feel good, if so, to be kind of like on your normal day where that day is your start day? And it's almost like, you know, now there's no reins on you, so to speak. Yeah, it, it does feel really nice. It, it gives me that boost of confidence, you know, not to say that, I, you know, I hated tandem starting. I don't think any any starter kind of prefers to have their own day to kind of do things, but, you know, Sometimes you just kind of have to 
do what you're told in a sense and uh, try to make the best out of it. So that's kind of how I always treated the tandem starting. I, I just used it as, you know, an opportunity. Well, you know, I'm s- still able to pitch in a sense and, you know, let me try to do really well here. So eventually I can get my own day if, if spots open up. And that's kind of what eventually happened. We had Tosh Bradley down here who's, you know, pitching phenomenally and he, he deservedly got promoted to AAA and that's kind of when it opened a spot for me to have my own day and I've just kind of taken it and run. And I'm guessing, and I'm guessing part of that too, though, was they wanted to make sure that they're not capping your innings at the end of the season. And if they limit them early, they don't have to limit them late. Yeah. I think that's another good point. Cause, uh, last year, that's, uh, kind of what they told me. They, they, uh, you know, coming off the injury, you know, they told me, yeah, you, you haven't pitched in two years. We're going to, you know, throw you a little less at the end of the year to make sure you get through the year completely healthy. And this year, you know, I probably have another four or five starts left and hopefully I can throw another 20 or more innings and get to 100. I think that that was, uh, that'd be a really, really huge accomplishment in my eyes to get to 100 innings. And obviously you're in a team that's competing for a playoff spot too. What what would it mean to, to do that? Because I think you've seen almost everywhere in the organization this group wins. Yeah, I mean, it happened to us last year, and it was a lot of fun. Um, and, you know, right now I think we have really good momentum. We have a ton of really, really solid players, hitters and pitchers on the team right now. And I think we have really good momentum going into the uh, the end of the year here. And I think it would be a lot of fun to, to try to win again. Well, Michael, congrats on the recent success and the Southern League Pitcher of the Week honors and uh, continued success with the Biscuits in Montgomery. Thank you so much. That's Rays pitching prospect Michael Mercado. He has 93 strikeouts in 82 and a third innings this year. Let's turn our attention back to the major leagues. Aside from Saturday, the Rays certainly have been scoring more runs lately, and I sat down this week with the Rays hitting coach Chad Matola to discuss how much the return of Manuel Margot and Harold Ramirez is leading to that production. Just having their professional daily approach and at-bats lets everybody see how it's done. It's no coincidence that the offense immediately picked up, and it's not a knock against the other guys. It's just the life experience they bring. How different are each of them in terms of what they bring, and how similar are they in terms of how they help the group? They both have energy in a completely different way. You see Harold always laughing, having fun, and then Manny just plays with energy. He's not the most talkative leader, but he just lets his actions speak for what he is and where Harold's bounce around a little bit he just enjoys playing every day and it's one of those guys that you sit back and you watch him get all these hits but he's also genuinely authentic and how excited he is every time he gets them. How do you see each of them impacting other guys in whether it's their presence whether it's their approach whether it's their leadership? I think the performance starts with right there I mean just the way they've been putting it together this year that helps a ton but like I said just the daily thing behind the scenes that people don't see the way they prepare themselves they want the way they are aware of what the pitcher's doing the way they recognize what they were short on the night before just how to be professional and we can talk about it all we want as a coaching staff but when they say their peers do it 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 hits home a little bit different before you got those two guys back you also added a David Peralta what has he meant to the mix how has he helped uh, as a guy who's kind of been there done that for several years as a compliment to him he came right in and slotted right in as a as a leader just another guy that comes to the field the other day the every day with a process of watching the pitcher going taking care of his weights getting loose coming to the cage the first time taking bp 
then going back to the weight room, getting loose. I mean, a little bit has to do with his age, and he listens to his body. But those things, the people watch and realize they're going to be there one day. So it's good rest for them to see how he approaches the day. For you, this is an unusual season. And when I say that, not only Peralta, but Bethancourt, Chang, Siri, having to acclimate yourselves to hitters you didn't know and never saw in spring training during a season. How challenging is that, and what are the greatest challenges of that? I mean, the, our strength is letting guys be themselves, be individuals, and it, sometimes I get a little impatient trying to learn them and learn their language and learn the way they, they process information, the way they process their at-bats. And the minor league guys, too. I mean, I sure I had reps around in spring training, but that's not the same environment, the same pressure. So it's been kind of a year of, of learning bodies and trying to be patient more than anything, reminding myself, okay, I, I think this is the way to approach it, but I have to make sure that this is the way they're, they understand, the way they learn, the way they uh, translate information. There's so many layers that uh, through the year, it's just been a challenge to find each individual. One of the true constants in the group has been Yandi. Has this been his best season, and has he been as valuable position player as you've had in the group? Absolutely. Just his professional at-bats when we were turning over the lineup quick. You know, you have those eight, nine pitch appearances, and it, it slows the game down for everybody, and it's been all year long. And I think it's been underrated throughout the league. He, he had a little funk for a couple weeks, but now he's back out of it. And it, he's played a lot more than he has in the past year, so his body's changing a little bit. As you get older, you, you learn and listen, and, and that's what he's going through right now. But he's been our MVP by far, without a doubt. You know, as you get the guys back that we mentioned at the top, Margot and Ramirez, and you add them to Yandi. How much does that also take some pressure off Brandon Lau and Jimon Choi, who have had to deal with injuries and trying to adjust on the fly? And everybody, and Wander as well. So he had a little hiccup, and we're going to make sure he's healthy all the way, and it allows him to take his time. So it's one of these things that we're going on a little run right here that helps take the pressure off everybody. But like I said, it's no coincidence we're doing it as soon as Harold and Manny come back. In the case, let's say, of, of G-Man, who I know has been, he had an elbow injury early, and Brandon's had the back, and then the shoulder. How hard is it to not try and adjust your swing while also trying to make sure you stay healthy at the same time? G-Man's been battling a lot of things behind the scenes that not everybody's aware of between a knee and a shoulder and an elbow. So it's one of these things that we're trying to balance being prepared but staying healthy. And he's in a better place getting these days off, um, facing left-handed pitching, kind of slotted out a perfect time to get that blow. So his work's been better the last couple of days, but it's one of these things that hopefully we went through the lull at the, the right time, and now we're getting hot at the right time. And you brought up Wander. Is it easy to imagine how much better this lineup could even be if he's close to the player he was last year when he joined you? Sure. I mean, their expectations are there out of himself, so it's not a bad thing to say. We expect things out of him as well, obviously, but we just want to make sure he's healthy. That's all that matters right now. If he's healthy, he can do what he needs to do and slot right in. There's no pressure to carry us or anything like that. Just be part of us. And I think probably the other big thing that stands out with your group is, in the past, how good the bench was because you had so much depth. Getting guys back, how much will that also help the bench because at any point you can switch when the bullpen switches and adjust accordingly. You can tell the long leash has helped Walsy a ton. I mean, he's been in there every day because of the injuries, but now he's starting to take advantage of all that experience. So moving forward, how we're going to do the lineup daily, 
it's always good to have those extra pieces that feel like you need to get in there, but that's part of being a good team is having a bench that's full and ready. And long-term, this is going to help with short-term. It's always not as much fun, but long-term, it's that's our goal as coaches to look to that, and that's helped us. And you also have a lot of guys who, if they don't start on a given day, have short swings. How valuable is that to have a lower maintenance swing to come off the bench in a, in a close game? Uh, Yu Chang comes to mind right away. That's what we noticed with him when we picked him up is this is a guy that doesn't need daily reps to keep his swing. That That's very valuable off the bench. Ramy's a perfect example of the way he came off the DL and right away had one rehab game and just kept hitting. So there, there are certain intricacies to people's swings that take a little time. Some don't, and that's just part of the individual. And that's the race hitting coach, Chad Matola. Today, by the way, wraps up 17 games in a row without a day off. The Rays are 11-5 and five so far. I sat down with bullpen coach Dan Borowski and asked Dan what's been most impressive about the pen during this two-and-a-half-week stretch. Uh, their willingness to take the ball it has been incredible. Um, they understand their workload. They understand their responsibilities to the club. And they've been really managing their pregame, uh, getting loose in the bullpen type uh, loads uh, very well because they know they're going to save the bullets for the game because that's where it's most important. So they've been really great in managing uh, in between, so to speak. And you've needed a lot because there have been spec training games. You've had very intense, close games. You've had a lot of stretches where guys have had to go two or three days in a row in some cases. Uh, yeah, and you're going to run through stretches like that. You know, in the bullpen, a lot of times it's feast or famine. Uh, we're either pitching really, really a lot or guys are getting a little bit too much rest. But also kudos out to the starting pitching because they've those guys have been incredible uh, getting to the you know fifth, sixth, seventh innings, uh, and a lot of times um, uh, really saving a few of those precious innings from down there. Uh, no, the starters have been great in helping us out. Among the bullpen pitchers, obviously Jason Adam has been great all year. Kevin Cash has said that this is the best stretch that he's seen of Pete Fairbanks. Do you think so too? Oh, without question. I, I mean, I don't know what has clicked in Pete, but something is a little bit different right now. You know, mainly his strike throwing ability, uh, just attacking hitters from the from the first pitch, and uh, just getting after it. And uh, you know, from a physical standpoint, um, I, I don't know what's really different. Things look the same mechanically. Things look the same. The ball is coming out really hot, and he's throwing it over the plate. So something clicked, and good for us. To add Shagwa to that mix. How much does that help? It almost seems like you guys don't have a B bullpen. You just have a bunch of A guys that you use when you want to put them in. Uh, it's getting closer and closer to that for sure. No, having Shaggy back is great. Uh, just another power arm down there. He's been here. He's done that. He's a, he's a major league uh, bullpen pitcher. Uh, he understands his responsibilities, and uh, he's really, really talented. So we're, we're really excited to have him back in the mix. How much will, though, the two days off surrounding the Miami series help this group overall as you get into that final stretch run because September is a bear. Anytime you can get a day off, it helps. Uh, day off, two games, another day off, that helps a lot. That being said, like you mentioned, the September stretch is going to be a grind. I think there's only two off days in September, not counting September 1st, but just it's going to be a long stretch of games against teams that are really, really good and uh, in the hunt and going to be playing for something. So everybody better be rested up because there's not going to be a lot of rest for anybody come September. But you do get an extra pitcher in the bullpen. You do get a 14th. How much will that help the load and the fact that maybe you can cycle through some guys too? 
That absolutely helps. I mean, one guy down there makes a huge difference. If he can give you an inning or two innings or three innings and just kind of uh, move a guy to the next day or back off the workload on a different guy, uh, absolutely helps. So looking forward to getting that 14th guy for sure. Sooner the better. And you also have done a great job in not worrying about who's not here, but Matt Whistler has started his rehab. J.P. Fireisen is getting much closer. How much would the addition of those two guys back in the group mean to this team? Well, guys that have been here and done that for us, always good to get those guys back, especially when they've had success in our system. Looking forward to it. Uh, both of them are trending in the right direction. And, uh, the ball's coming out good for both of them. And uh, once they're healthy, uh, we're going to have some decisions to make, but uh, they're good decisions. So love to have those guys back. The sooner the better. Thanks to Stan Borowski and all of the guests on our program today, including one outfielder, David Peralta, for telling his great story, Tyler Glass now, and race president of baseball operations, Eric Neander, for discussing the extension of Glass now through the 2024 season. We appreciate the time of Michael Mercado, race double-A pitching prospect, as well as the hitting coach of the race for joining us. Of course, that's Chad Matola. If you ever have something you want to hear on the program, all you have to do is tweet me, and you can do so, at Neil Solons. On next week's show, we expect to chat with one Manuel Margot. Race Outfielder is having a fantastic season. That and a whole lot more. Special thanks today to my producer, John Dugas. I'm Neil Solons. Thanks for being with us on the Rays Baseball Network. Thank you for listening to This Week in Rays Baseball. Breaking ball lifted to the air, way up there, in the right field and deep. Judge is going back towards the corner at the wall. Gone! And the Rays jump in front four to one. If you missed any of the show, catch it on archive at RaysBaseball.com slash radio.